calling maintenance is a mood. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, maintenance. (laughs) It's me again. Hi, I'm Amber. And hi, I'm Brenda. And this is the Minority Millennial Money Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Minority Millennial Money Podcast. Today, Amber and I are going to talk real estate because in the personal finance and fire space, real estate is a hot topic in terms of a way to reach financial independence. So Amber, I want to start with you and just tell me what your current situation is as far as housing. Yeah, so I'm currently renting. I've owned a home in the past, but I sold it. So right now I'm sort of um, on the path of renting. Okay, great. And then I also am currently a renter, but I do have two rental properties in the same city that I rent in. And that just happened through a random series of events in which I leased out my second property and ended up staying in the same city. So I currently rent, but I'm really enjoying it because it offers me quite a bit of flexibility. For example, I was able to move into a larger unit for not very much more increase in price. And I can easily move when my lease is up without having to worry about who's going to occupy this space. And you uh, travel a bit for work. So right now it makes sense for you to rent, right? Yeah. And so like, that's a good point. I mean, like, so I think if you're young in your career, like I know in the legal profession, for your first five years or so of practice, you have to move to where the job is. You have to move to where the money is lucrative because in this day and age, no one is staying at jobs for 10 years. That's just not a thing. So in order to get a raise, um, you typically have to move jobs every two to three years. So if you're moving jobs and you own property and you have a long commute, it's it's just not going to be very beneficial. So I think in order to stay competitive, um, renting for young professionals um, is is probably the best. Obviously, it's different if you have a family, if you have multiple kids, if you need multiple rooms, um, you know, it's it's a little bit different. Um, But um, owning a home when you are young in your career and you may need to move states, you may need to move cities or counties, um, and different jobs may have certain residency requirements, at least in the legal profession, that's the case. So, um, you know, I've, I've had success renting um, in, in that regard. Right. What about, um, have, so you said you've owned a home. So why don't you own that home anymore? <laughs> Um, that was a nightmare. So when I got my first job down in Springfield, Illinois, um, I, I bought a house there. It was a great house, too bad, too bad. Um, I think it was like $100,000 or $117,000, something like that. Um, and it was great. I loved living in it. But um, it was definitely way more expensive than renting. So at the time, I had an apartment for like $800 a month or something like that for rent. And I bought this house and the mortgage was like $500 a month. Um, But then of course I had to pay property taxes, which was like $250 a month or whatever. And then came all the costs of repairs. Everything broke down. Um, I needed to get new insulation. I needed to do all these things. I needed a new dishwasher. I needed a new water heater. 
And it was like every month I had all these like unforeseen costs. So for the first couple of years of my career, due to that home, I was not able to build any wealth because all of my extra money went to paying for this house. I mean, it was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up leaving that job um, to seek, you know, more experience elsewhere. And of course, then I rented out that home. And again, that was a nightmare. I had tenants there who couldn't pay the rent, who moved out, left the, abandoned the property. I was four hours away. So I had to take off work, drive down to the property, clean up this house that these people had like left all these items, um, stop paying rent. I had to find new tenants. In the interim, I had to pay the rent for that property or the mortgage for that property, the property taxes, all the costs. In addition to where I was renting, where I, where I had moved to, um, thank God I'm a lawyer and I was able to sue those tenants in court <laughs> and didn't have to pay attorney's fees because I was my attorney. Um, so I was able to get some of the money back, but it was years later because of course they didn't have the money. And so they had to pay me in payments. I mean, honestly, it was just a nightmare. Um, after that, I, got I don't know if you know this, but you're going to be my attorney if I ever need one. <laughs> so says everyone on all social media. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get you can have your own practice. Oh, God. No, thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, so you yeah. sold it, eventually got all the money back that was owed to you. For those tenants that, that they owed. And then I had got new tenants. Um, which were great, but then it was two girls who were in med school. They hated each other, and um, they ended up breaking the lease again. So I was again in this situation where I had no tenant, and again I was four hours away. Um, long story short, I sold the property. It was the best decision I ever made. The money I got back from the property was not even near the cost that I had paid in repairs. Right. So I lost money. Um, and so I, after that, I was like done, <laughs> done with, done with owning property. So I, Brenda, I know though you, uh, you own quite a bit of property. What no, just two. So I never set out to be a real estate investor or to be a landlord. I bought my first condo when I was 27 in 2017 just as a way to invest some money that I had saved up. And I thought, well, it's Austin. It's a good market. Let me buy something now before prices go sky high, which they are now. Um, and I lived in that for about a year and a half. And then I kind of wanted something bigger because it was about 550 square feet. And I'm a nurse. So I knew that, that there were travel nurses coming to my city. And I left that condo furnished and I rented it out to travel nurses. So I had about three travel nurses live in it for about three months at a time. And I actually think that that's a great idea because they're younger professional people. They take care of your place. They're only here short term. You know, they're here for a fixed amount of time. And I always put in the lease, like they would have to pay me half of what was left if, uh, if they had to leave early. So that kind of covered me and Eventually, I found a guy who's local, and he lives in it, has lived in it for almost two years now, and really likes it. So I haven't had much turnover for almost two years, and we've had a good relationship, and I have had no major issues with that place. Granted, it was brand new when I bought it, 
and I do hire a service that comes out quarterly and checks out all of the appliances and the HVAC and the plumbing. So I do outsource that, for, but for the most part, I manage the properties myself. So when I rented that out, I bought a single family home and I lived in that for another year and a half. And I did put quite a bit of money into it in the sense that I just kind of customized it a little bit. It, it wasn't anything that had to be done. It was just like, I wanted new paint and I wanted the deck to be cleaned and stained and I wanted a new fence and you know, I wanted to do some landscaping. So I probably put like 10 to $15,000 into that house when I moved in. And last year I thought I was going to move to another city. And so I leased that out and I've had a good tenant, a family in there for almost a year and they want to renew. So I have tenants for the rest of 2021 and through half of 2022, which is great. I did have some minor issues with plumbing in the house. And last week when we had that big snowstorm, I was really worried that I was going to have major damage and that, you know, all my savings for each property were going to be wiped out. But thankfully there was nothing major and um, so far so good. Now, like you, if either of the properties start to give me a lot of trouble, I think I'm at the point where I wouldn't mind selling them and just investing the money in the market or maybe saving it for buying something later on with a partner. But as of right now, they haven't given me enough problems to where I would want to sell. And I do get calls actually, because the housing market is so hot here in Austin. So many people are moving here and there's actually a major housing shortage that I get calls from realtors that are like, do you want to sell? Do you want to sell? We're, we'll give you this much. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I have tenants in it right now. Right? Like they depend on living there for the next year. So my experience has been somewhat different. Now, I will say, because I bought both of those as primary residences, I didn't put 20% down. And therefore, the income that I make from rental, like from rent is not, it's not paying my bills, right? So I may cash flow a few hundred dollars on each property, but I leave that money there for when the plumbing breaks. Right. And right. so I actually don't depend on any of the income from the real estate to live on. Worst case scenario, I need some money. I can always go into the accounts of the properties, but it's definitely not my emergency fund. It's something that I consider completely separate. And at best, they're paying for themselves. Now, mm -hmm. had I put 20% down or if I raised rent significantly, then I would probably make much more of a profit but I'd rather keep my tenants and have something stable than try to make more money right now. Yeah, I think you made a good point too. And I talk about that in my book about having an emergency fund for your properties. So I think if people, that's one mistake, you know, I think I made when I first bought my house. I mean, I was just like a new lawyer. Um, if you're going to buy a home, definitely you need an emergency fund, like your personal emergency fund and then an emergency fund for that property. Exactly. Because when stuff breaks down, then you have to pull, for, if you have to pull for your, your personal funds, it hurts a lot more than if it's the emergency fund for that property. Yeah. A new AC system is like five to $7,000 water heaters, like 12 to $1,500. That plumbing issue I had in December was $1,300. Yeah. So it adds up quickly. Um, and Definitely. you also, I will say that 
I did quite a bit of research on the leases that I used and you can find a lease document online. Just make sure you read it and you know what you're saying to people and that they know what they're signing, right? So when I give a lease to someone, I actually sit down with them and go over it with them. And I say, you know, you need to give me 30 day notice at least. And I will also give you 30 day notice if I need you to be out of the property. I mean, just go over the stuff that is really important because you don't want to be arguing with a tenant about the fine print of your lease. Like that's something like I'm not a lawyer, right? Like I'm a healthcare provider. So I don't want to argue with people. (laughs) (laughs) I want to keep things as civil and nice and cordial as possible. And so that's something also that I did in, in screening for tenants. Like, is this someone that I can communicate with easily? That's not going to give me a hard time. And that's something that you kind of have to learn with a little bit of time and, and how prompt they are with submitting their documents. Are they able to give you their paycheck stubs? Do they agree to a background and a credit check? And I will plug cozy.co is a website that I use to screen a background check, credit check. And my tenants are able to pay me rent through that website and it's free for landlords. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point too. I think obviously I was a lawyer at the time where I owned property. So like I did all the contracts, I did all the, pretty much everything. I did all the background checks. Um, I was able to sort of do all that on my own. And I think that's one of the reasons why I felt like it wasn't very profitable to me because I'm like, I'm actually like practicing law for myself right now. And I'm not making law money. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a, a pennies basically to do all this like extreme legal work and negotiations with people. And I'm like, and I'm doing this after I've been practicing law all day. Like, I don't want to do that. Um, right. But definitely, um, you know, there are like leases out there that you can buy or whatever. But, um, you know, I you will... really have to make sure with those clauses. You do. You do. And honestly... I live in Texas. And so Texas is actually uh, beneficial to the landlord. So you Mm. also have to check the the laws of your state. But I will say that you can find lots of arguments for not owning a home. Uh, You know, there's the whole route of investing in real estate as a way to have passive income and people, you know, to me, I feel like my management is somewhat passive. I I may spend a couple hours on it per month, but a home that you live in, there's a lot of talk out there in the personal finance space that the home that you live in is not an investment. And everyone's like, well, when you sell it, you get all your money back. And it's like, "Mm, okay, maybe, but there's a lot of costs associated with selling the home as well. And there's a great link uh, to a YouTube video that shows how two people, one that purchased a home and one that didn't, but invested in the, the difference in the market actually end up having very similar net worth 30 years later, right? So right. I'm not here to tell anyone that not owning a home is some kind of sign that you're not doing well in life because you could have a portfolio much larger than the equity in a home because you've been renting at a lower price. Now, in some cities, it's all the same, right? Renting is really expensive as well. So it really depends on the cost of living on the city that you plan on living in. I agree. Um, I mean, I will say that after I got rid of that house, um, my wealth grew exponentially after that because all of my extra money was going into the market. So 
I, there was no unforeseen costs. I knew all the fixed costs I had each month. So I was able to budget right. more exactly. Um, and there's no surprises. So, right. um, I mean, I can't imagine buying a house again, unless I had, again, like I said, like you're talking about multiple rooms, you have multiple, you have a large family or something like that. Right. And even then you can rent someone else's house. <laughs> <laughs> Right. If you need that kind of space, you can always rent a house. Um, And then there's, there's some other things like, you know, you get some tax breaks. For me, it's never been enough to like justify when you're a high income earner, you're eventually going to have to pay more in taxes and not much saves you from that. So for the last couple of years, if anything, like the real estate has just caused me to break even, but I, I wouldn't tell you that having real estate has really negated my tax obligations to the federal government. <laughs> right. Right. I just thought so my that's not a correct. reason. That's not a reason. I don't do it for the tax break. <laughs> um, I, yeah. You can so write I think off I'll, the repairs though. I should say that you can't you write can. off the repairs. You can write off repairs and some associated expenses. Um, but I will say that for someone who maybe is starting out, just building out, just building up their emergency fund and considering what to invest in and doesn't necessarily have a need for a home, probably not the best place to put your money. I agree. I, I agree. Probably not. I, I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> and we also need to get away from it as being a status symbol. Yeah right? Because yes. it can be a really dumb decision in some cases. Yes. And we have this idea that like homeownership is the American dream. Mm-hmm. And my, my parents say, you don't own the home, you own the home loan. Yep. <laughs> it's true. Yep. <laughs> Until you pay off the loan, you just own the home loan. And even then you'll still have to pay property taxes, which in my city are really high. So even after I pay off the mortgage, I, I will have payments associated with that house. Because people are like, oh, well, when you pay it off, you don't have to pay, you don't have to pay for housing anymore. And it's like, <laughs> let me tell you about property taxes. Property taxes and all the repairs you're going to have after 30 years. Your house is going to be completely messed up. <laughs> right. And like, I get to live in a brand new building with, amenities and in the center of the city for yeah it's a little bit pricey but it's worth it and I don't have to deal with the sink when it clogs up or I don't have to deal with the dishwasher when it's broken you know just little things that definitely add to my quality of life calling maintenance is a mood (laughs) (laughs) hi maintenance (laughs) it's me again (laughs) <laughs> I used to live in this one really nice apartment where literally they will come change your light bulb. Yeah. They do change my um, AC filters here. I actually don't yeah. even know where it is. Yeah. And I know you hate valet trash, Brenda, but I like valet trash. You were tweeting about that. I hate it. I hate <laughs> it because I live in an indoor building. So it's like, I don't know. I just... I don't like when I have visitors and like my neighbor's trash is out in the hallway. I just think it's tacky. 
Um, but it's so upscale. Like you put your trash out, someone comes and gets it for you. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't grow up with having my trash <laughs> taken out for me. I was the one taking it out. Me either. That's <laughs> why I want someone to take it out. <laughs> So if anybody has questions about real estate for either of us, please reach out. Um, we're happy to talk. And if anyone's interested in coming on our podcast and talking to us about your finances and having us help you, we would also be glad to do that. Yes. Yeah, sounds good. All right. See you later. Bye.